Hey everyone, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. This is uh, episode 17, where we're doing episodes 19, 20, and 21 of season 2 here. Just make it How could you do that to yourself? <laughs> no, I'm going to make this as confusing as possible. So this is episode 17 of Ghost in the Shell, but it's also Ghost in the Shell season 2, where we're doing 19, 20, and 21 of season 2, and 17 of the overall whole thing. Right. It makes Anime. perfect sense. <laughs> but yeah, we get real deep in, into Kuze stuff, uh, these episodes. They're real. Wow. If you wanted to know about Kuze, good news. <laughs> good news. Yeah, we're going to be all up going in around. the Kuze here. They heard us complaining in the last uh, episode about how nothing was going on. So they decided to make everything go on. Things so. are happening. That's true. Yeah. We're getting close to the end of the season. So they decided they want to start wrapping some stuff up. Murdering <laughs> some people <laughs> as it goes. Yeah, raising the stakes for no reason? Sure. Uh, let's just get on into it. Episode 19. I, said, I decided I wanted to do with a rock. I need to have some terribly dangerous material or else no one will know this is important and pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nitroglycerin. <laughs> Careful with that. <laughs> There's a lot of people trying to outthink other people during this episode, but it kind of comes across as convoluted, so we'll try to make as much sense of it as possible. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. luck on the first one. Yeah, everybody's too smart for their own good in this series. Yep. So we see the Dajima refugee camp island, whatever it's called, at night. Um, there's a boat entering this like hidden port near the waterside. Uh, the smuggler captain comes out to say that you know he's happy that the coast guard opened the hole in security for them. That's weird. Anyway, they're opening a box of guns because they got a bunch of guns. The uh, refugees are saying that like, oh, with these guns we can fight a war now. And this other older refugee, who's definitely smarter than the other refugee, says, you know, oh, with these guns we won't have to fight a war. You know. Whoa. Yeah, the new guy has never met Kuze, and he doesn't have a cyber brain, so he's like, yeah, this Kuze guy is cool. Everybody seems to like him, but I don't know why everyone likes him. That's weird. Also, if you want to know what this guy looks like, he looks like Saitama in the Opai hoodie. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh fuck. <laughs> It's like it's it's even a red and yellow hoodie is the thing. Yeah, this guy is like a new recruit for the refugee terrorist network or whatever, and he doesn't really know who Kuze is, and he's asking about him. And the older guy's like, Kuze has these great aspirations. He's a man of action. He's such a great you know? guy. Yeah. Still, once again, telling us how cool and awesome Kuze is. Wow, cool terrorist. <laughs> Yeah, so we cut over to the CIS headquarters. One of uh, Goda's underlings is kind of showing him, like, hey, you know, if you cut power in these certain places on the power grid, it triggers a countrywide blackout. That's weird. It's a good thing that the refugees don't know how to do this. <laughs> and then the if other I guy's was like, to knock over this Jenga tower, I would do it right here, hypothetically. Yeah, and he's like, oh, actually, Kuze is teaching the guys how to do this. That's, uh, that's not good for us, maybe. <laughs> Goda starts praising Kuze, calling him, like, the right man to lead the refugees. And, like, you're teaching them how to abandon suicide bombs and achieve liberation through, you know, coordinated effort. Um, he's like, I don't know what you're thinking, but, like, I'm going to provide to you the best script possible. And we see, like, these two Corpo Netrunner guys just kind of, like, sit down at their cyber decks like it's cyberpunk or something. They, like, they look like uh, Fat Man from MGS2. Kinda, yeah. They, they do. But, like, with wiggly brains. Yeah, and they got, like, the eyes cut out kind of like Bato does. They're weird cyber hackers that are It's also... like Chekhov's hackers, basically, because they, they're only set up here so that there can be a scene with one of them in the next episode. Exactly. Yeah, so we cut to Section 9. Um, apparently, the Dajima has declared itself autonomous from the Japanese government, and so the refugees are kind of, like, trying to make their own nation thing go on. Um, Section 9 thinks that Kuze's behind it. They don't really have any, you know 
hard evidence, but everything kind of points to that. And they're call, everybody's calling him like the new Che Guevara. So. This is the not the first compare or the last comparison that will be made. Yeah, they really like their Che uh, comparisons and both Che really. and just like the, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> So Bato wonders how he got the refugees to trust him since he was in the individual 11. Very good question. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, they're like, well, we don't know. We're just going to have to arrest him and find out. So we see like kind of a montage of the tilt rotor flying over Dejima getting ready. Uh, as they land, they see a bunch of refugees protesting against the police. Ishikawa saying like the Japanese citizenry is also protesting the treatment of the refugees, some of them anyway. Uh, we see shots of the refugees throwing shit at the police. The, uh, the major usual. Yeah, the Major gives out a bunch of orders. She and Ishikawa need to go do some cyber hacking, look for Kuze online, but the rest of them are going to go inside and do some, like, scouting inside the Jima. I kind of think the refugees would get pissed if a special ops force would come in, but... It's really <laughs> weird how many times they walk around in, like, full fatigues in these refugee districts. Like, who are you fooling? Yeah, for a country that's trying to, like... I'm not country, but for, like, a group of citizens trying to, you know, declare themselves sovereign from the rest of the country. Really weird behavior, but... Yeah. Yeah. So um, we see a shot quickly of Bato talking with the cops on duty. The cop just kind of want to hand this entire situation over to the Japanese self-defense force. And he kind of jokes about Section 9 must be great to have having any strings to, you know, report to and everything. And Bato's like, you don't know the half of it. So. Thanks, pal. My uh, job sucks, says Bato. <laughs> it's funny because he complained about it for the entire series. Like, it's, we have too many job, strings attached yep. this season. And then now he's just not. Yeah. Uh, we see a car uh, driving in the city. Uh, Proto is driving it. Uh, he's the new guy. We kind of only seen him once. In yeah, the... he showed up in the baby's yeah, philosophy ep- episode. Episode 15, oh. yeah. The, the baby's new philosophy. and Yeah, he shows up a bunch of times in these episodes now. Yeah, he's yeah. a new character. They don't really introduce him formally, but he's just sort of in the background for a lot of these. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's kind of a plain-looking dude with long, blonde white hair and he's kind of like the chief's no new gopher now that toka says out doing field stuff so. exactly yeah proto's telling the chief that they found no money trail between uh, takakura and poseidon again this is referring back to two three episodes ago when the prime minister asked section nine to look into this bullshit right um and that's weird so the chief is on his way to go meet with someone from um the foreign affairs ministry because you know again they're looking into the money trail uh, but he gets a call from one of the secretary bots saying, oops, that guy jumped in front of a train and is now dead. Wow. Oh. Weird, yeah. that. That's, that's timing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because Proto straight up asks, like, is that a good thing? And the chief's <laughs> like, well, we're making waves. <laughs> we have yeah, flipped so, over a rock and the bugs are crawling. Yeah, so apparently something's up with that U.S.-Japan treaty. They're still looking into it. That's all we'll hear of that for the next two episodes. Yeah, that's, that's funny, this doesn't come up that. again in this block. It is important, but they just don't make a mention of it in these next two. Yep. So back in the gym, a section nine is driving around in a van looking for stuff. Um, Bato was talking about how the place looks lively and like it actually looks like a lived in slum town, not just like, you know, a guerrilla fortress or something. There's actually just people there trying to live their lives. People are just chilling here. It doesn't really look like they're about to declare autonomy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They make a comment saying like the place has been built up for 20 years. So, of course, it's lived in. Uh, so they park, and Bato makes a team with the rookies and the rest go with Togus. That doesn't really matter. Uh, their plan is to check out, like, opium dems and black market dealers. It's kind of funny. They think their super secret military police can just walk into these places and demand answers. Who would know? Yeah. Fit right in with the populace, Bato will. I mean, the Major's done that already. He just walked into a, a 
drug baron den being like i'm taking this kid goodbye that's true, true. yeah <laughs> it just seems like a really bad idea for police to pretend to do anything incognito like that but <laughs> yeah so we cut to the major doing some cyber stuff with the tachikoma she's still in the helicopter i think flying around yes so she's on wi-fi or something but she finds the uh that there is a dejima police officer on duty with a cyber body and we cut over to this police officer talking with her police officer friend and she's talking about never updating her firmware, which is funny because the major just hacks her. Immediately her hacks her with like a yeah. three-year-old backdoor. The major just <laughs> constantly does extremely unethical shit. Oh, yeah. That, that never has any consequences or even like a, hey, not major. <laughs> yeah, not for her. <laughs> major it's- just gets to do this shit and that, that's fine. Yeah, the ethical thing aside, I think it's kind of funny for this person to immediately start talking about, like, yeah, I never update my software. That shit sucks. And, and then, then they get hacked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the policewoman walks over to, like, a refugee outside, connects into with a refugee, and I guess the major hacks into the refugee network that way. So uh, we yeah, see. Th- this th- is how she's going to get to Kuze's cyber brain, which is open to all. Yeah, it's open to everybody who's on Dejima. Which is like a thing that they immediately say right here. Like, I guess he's IP filtering it by like local only or something. Right, right. But yeah, she notices that like there's a ton of refugees just kind of accessing his cyber brain. So uh, Major dives in. She sees that there is an individual 11 file, which is interesting, but she's not there for that. She's there to steal his vision so she can figure out where the fuck he is physically. Got to do and, the double interceptors. Yeah. Uh, she tells Ishikawa to figure out why all the refugees are logged on. This never comes up again. I don't know why it's in my notes. Uh, she crosses the ghost line with her anime avatar thing going in, mm-hmm. and she immediately notices that there's a ton of memories here. And she also notices, uh, as she kind of gets close to the memories, that Kuze just kind of voiceover says, hey, if you access those, you're going to die. Which she's is like, hilarious. No. Yeah, and she's like, no, I'm not. I'm a super high-class hacker. And he's like, no, 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 not like die in the physical sense. It just means like you'll be so miserable you want to die. Look, Major, I will give you depression. <laughs> weaponized depression <laughs> so yeah she so she touches it yeah, yeah of, course. Course. of course of course she's yeah. a super hacker it's fine yeah so she immediately uh she gets the memories she needs of like uh, this vision and like she sees like a boat and this is important for the next thing but she also gets a bunch of memories she didn't want oops uh she kind of goes at the shock and ishikawa's like there next to her in the helicopter and like you starts freaking out and he pulls her out of the you know hacker bed or whatever it is uh, the Tachikomas go on to say that it's like, hey, it's not a virus or attack barrier. It doesn't affect us. Maybe it was some weird hallucinations or something. So it's probably she wake- fine. Yeah, she wakes up. She's in like a bunch of pain and like almost looks really depressed about the whole thing. This is the most she's emoted like in two seasons of the show. Yeah, it's, it's a definite change because she is very stoic almost at all times. But in this, like Ishikawa asks her, like, what did you see? And she like turns and is like really disturbed. Like, and, all uh, I'm saying is that Kuze took a perfect major and gave her depression. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, so she says that, yeah, it was a delusion. No, it's character development for her. It's more interesting. <laughs> it's good for the show, <laughs> I think. Yeah, she um, she says that like it was a delusion and kind of brushes aside Ishikawa's um, concern and tells us, like, you need to go look for this boat right now. I should find a boat yeah, and so uh, Ishikawa goes and does this, and like she kind of says to herself that like God Kuze is super tough, and he's on that ship, and uh, also I know who this person is because whom's could this be? Yeah, we know who this person is because we have two brain cells we can rub together, but I guess no one in Section Nine 
I guess, knows about the Major's backstory. So. That is the thing, yeah. Well, she's kind of keeping it. That, and she's not telling anyone, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. Also, who is ready for the stupidest gambit in anime history? Who's ready for the three-boat exchange? <laughs> <laughs> three boats! Three boats! Hell yeah. Uh, so we cut to that boat in the hidden port. Uh, Kuze is telling the smugglers, hey, listen, you guys are going to be raided soon, um, but there's no need to fight. Uh, just hide the guns. Don't get yourself killed. Don't be heroes or anything like that. Hide your guns. Hide your wife. Don't get killed. Hide the drugs, yeah. Uh, we got the section nine. Um, they're, they're just kind of walking around in these opium dens, just like talking to druggies and prostitutes, and no one cares that they're just talking to the police. They're, they're just asking questions. Yeah. Bato has found this like back alley doctor, and he's talking about Kuze. The doctor makes a funny joke about, We got fresh organic eyes just for you, Bato. <laughs> yeah, Kuze, deal. yeah, they talk about Kuze like the doctor did work on him. The, it's immediately obvious the doctor, of course, likes Kuze like everybody else, so yep. Bato asks about that. Uh, the doctor says that, like, um, that people like the scope of his ambitions. And like as Bato's just asking more information, he gets interrupted by the major. She thinks she knows uh, where Kuze's location is, but uh, he spotted her during the dive, so like he's probably aware that they're coming. Um, she's like... Ex- it, it, again, this conversation with her with Bato is weird because she's stressed out and like not you know 100% confident in herself like she is in every scene. Yeah. It, this is a very noticeable here. change in this episode. Yeah. So we cut back to the boat. Kuze is telling these refugees, hey, listen, uh, the deal's been made. Tomorrow we're going to have the hope that we need to live and be independent of everybody. And the refugees are super happy about this. Um, the guy from before without the cyber brain that was talking in the beginning of the episode is um, like, listen, aren't, aren't you, weren't you an individual 11? Didn't you kill that dead Setsu, the cyber DJ guy? Like he and these, this kid's like really upset about this because I guess he was really into cyber He's rap. really into cyber rap. Yeah. It's hard to lose an influence like that. So mm-hmm. Kuze's like, Take yeah, you're correct. Soon. He's, he tells the kid, like, yeah, you're right. I was, uh, I did that. It's okay not to trust me. People fundamentally are incapable of understanding each other. But my role in this is to guide everyone to the same place I am now. Turns uh, it watch- into a fucking high school gym teacher talk. Yeah, it's like if you watch my actions, then you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm trustworthy. It's, yeah, he's just trying to win the kid's influence without being able to sync with him cyber-wise. Yep. So we cut back to section nine, finding the hidden port, and they're about ready to go in. But then they notice, oops, there's three identical boats in this harbor. Oh no! We're only three supposed boat to Monty. be one. Yeah. Which, so, but which boat? Which boat am I in, Major? Which boat am I in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, these boats are still within about three, four hundred feet of each yes. other, so it's not like they're too far away. But <laughs> he could be in any of these boats, dude. Yeah, so the major is still very weird. She's like not very positive about what's going on, and she's like giving out orders, but like not a hundred percent behind them. And so they go and try to investigate the boats in like groups of two or whatever. Uh, it comes out that none of the boats have anybody on them. There's no guns, no people. That's weird. Hmm. Um, the major finds out one of them has a transponder on it. Uh, they don't explain what this is. I'm just going to assume it's like a hub or something for Wi-Fi. But it doesn't matter because Section 9 gets ambushed. Uh, they weren't prepared for this. There's a gunfight. Um, there's a lot of them shooting refugees. Um, it goes, it's pretty quick. But afterwards, they find a refugee who's alive. And the Major dives in. And she comes out of it very confused because we don't see what's happening inside this guy's mind. Even more so. Yeah. The dying guy says, like, you'll never catch Kuze here. And we cut to Kuze, who's on the boat. But it's not the boat in that harbor. 
Uh, he's I'm re- on the fourth boat, man. <laughs> there was another boat somewhere else. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> My God. I feel like yeah. we reveal in like the next couple of episodes that there are like even more boats. There's so like, many boats. You know, this is like a ten boat monte or something. <laughs> yeah, they, all, all the pigs are labeled pig number three, but there's ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Kuze's sad that the refugees threw their lives away, but he just kind of does his own thing. We cut back. Uh, Bacha walks up some staircases and find, uh, I think it was Ishikawa and someone else, uh, find that Yano, one of the new recruits, uh, he's dead. Yep. They shot him during the ambush. He got shot. Now he's dead. Rip to that guy who was in like five episodes-ish? He was in the background of a couple of them, yeah. Uh, Bacha kind of snaps at the major. is like, why do you have bad intel? You let us into a trap. This isn't like you. You're you know, falling off your game here. And she's, like, depressed, and she doesn't really know what to say with all of this. You're washed. And, yeah. Uh, apparently, Kuze was never here. Uh, she figured this out by diving into that guy's brain. Uh, he is apparently up in Itorofu, which is, Itorufu. like, far north. Yeah, it's far north Japan, near where Russia, that Russian peninsula is. So, specifically, uh, he, it's islands that were taken over by the Russians at the end of World War II and eventually given back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's yeah, a lot he, of history there that you're kind of... If you're Japanese, you're just aware of. The yeah, show again, it's like the whole on. Korean thing. Um, there's a lot. This probably hits a bit harder for people yeah. of Japanese heritage than us stupid Americans. But anyway, yeah, he's up there making a deal with the Russian mafia to uh, get plutonium or something. And Me. we see a sh- yeah, we see a shot of Kuze on the fourth boat. You know, just sailing out someplace. Fourth boat. Fourth boat. <laughs> That's episode nineteen. Yeah, section nine is not doing so hot. At least the major isn't. <laughs> No, and it's going to continue. It sure is. So, episode 20, Kuze does an office space. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, For the yeah. record, there was a moment when I was watching these that I sent to the group chat. Oh my God, is Kuze doing an office space? To which I believe, I think it was Vickis responded within like 12 seconds <gasps> with... Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It is universally understood that what Kuze is doing is an office space. Actually, this came out before Office Space, right? It had to have. Office Space was late 90s. Um, actually, if you're going for what this was before, Hackers came before this and they did it in that. And Superman 3 came before that and also did it in that. So Okay, Office Space was 1999 as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think Office Space did it last. Never mind, Office Space did a ghost in the shell. <laughs> this series is <laughs> Very from cool. the early 2000s, though? Yeah, this series is oh, from is 2005, 2006, I think. Yeah. Was the... Uh, I thought the the movie the is ninety five. Movie's ninety five. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, then never mind. Ghost in the Shell did an office. There we go. <laughs> did, a, did a Superman three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we open with a helicopter landing on a roof. Uh, Section nine standing with Yano's dead body, and everyone is really sad because no one ever dies in Section nine. Uh, Not anybody that's plot important. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Chief says this isn't like the Major to mess this up. Bato says it's too soon for the rookies to be out in the field. And he knew it, but they were so short on men. Um, The Major's just really sad about basically all of this. The babies ask if rookies' memories can't be just re-downloaded to bring him back online. But Saito's like, no, stupid babies. (laughs) Ghosts can't be duplicated. And you get a shot of Itachi Koma looking sad about death. We're teaching the babies the meaning of life and death. There you go. <laughs> also, it, it just... 
Man, they really have their like unreasonable ass expectations for the major, huh? Yeah. Like I get it because the major is literally perfect all the time, but still, like it sucks seeing other coworkers be like, "Damn, she made a single fucking mistake yep. ever in her life when she was against Mastermind Five, the <laughs> sequel to Mastermind Four, yep. doing twelve layers of Yomi boats." And it's like, come on, cut her a fucking break, they all, man. She also of Yomi boats. She did warn Yeah, her. it's so dumb. She was like, Kuze saw me coming. So yeah. They know we're, you would they know think that coming. they'd be ready for a firefight. Right? You'd think an ambush also, would be, they'd be ready for that. Also, she mentioned multiple times that she wasn't sure. And, like, they commented on it. They're like, that's not like that's you. Weird. Huh? Something's up. Oh, well. <laughs> like, damn, team, pay attention. I think it's also that like Section Nine is so used to just breaking the rules and being technologically yes, superior. They're to right all the everything. time. It's fucked yeah. up to ever be yeah. wrong. Yeah. So uh, at this point, Major says she's taking Azuma, the other rookie who is with them, off the op because he's he's looking a bit shell shocked by all this. Uh, the body's taken away on a stretcher, and everyone's just like, "Damn, they fucking got us." So. Uh, title card and we cut to the heliplane on a different building where chief and proto are talking to a guy without some sound and it's just we don't know what this is going to be about and i don't know if it's going to come up it's literally um, the next thing for what it is the background of this, this person was in the manga i believe as a background character she is some russian diplomat okay which makes sense with the context of the rest of the right. episode it, it's the chief getting information from a yep. body, really. Okay, so that, that's he's getting this information that he's going to yeah. relay. So in the heliplane, chief's debriefed in the crew on what they learned from that uh, from them. It's some Russian army soldiers uh, who turned into mafia, who turned into mobsters, are smuggling plutonium into Atorufu. So, uh oh, looks like Kuze is looking to go nuclear, uh, oh, yeah. and he's basically going to declare Dejima as an independent country. With nukes. Cool. You're like, how are you going to stop me becoming a country? I've got nukes. <laughs> Someone play Peace Walker. <laughs> I want everyone to know, as, as soon as there was a mention of a nuke exchange, I was like, I'm looking for briefcases, and I'm trying to figure out how Goda's involved. And I'm trying to figure out how he's going to make sure everyone thinks someone has a nuke when no one has a nuke. <laughs> it is. Tap for just... You should be on Goda section loves that shit. <laughs> Goda loves that shit, dude. That's Goda's favorite thing. Yeah. Fuck. The spicy fake nuke. The plutonium yeah. we'll transfer. See. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? Could be anything. So uh, this, the, the spy who was basically following these Russians was killed two hours ago. And you get some footage of a uh, dude walking, of like a cy- Russian cyborg walking into a bathroom and a guy tailing him, and just the cyborg walks out. So I guess he just offed him the, in an airport. The cyborg they, has the biggest Russian hat yes. as well. <laughs> this cyborg dude, I like all of the, like, we see eventually uh, Arafu and whatever with the Russian people that are still there. And, like, I love all the Russian cyborgs because they look like they stopped being in Ghost in the Shell. And they start being in fucking, like, Cybermancer or, like, something else. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it is marked the change that you get up here. Yeah, it's like Netrunner shit. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It rocks. So Bato asks how they're going to find them because Edarufu is a pretty big uh, island. Aramaki reveals that 
apparently the Edorufu branch of Sagawa Electronics is expanding their territory into Beratarube, which, oh god, I'm having so much trouble with these names. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot of names. There is a lot of names thrown at us What it comes down to is that there was a Russian submarine base there, and it was supposedly destroyed back in the time, but it turns out that, like, Sagawa Company has just basically been digging into this uh, base illegally, and at this point with their thing, they are probably right on top of it. So it's the perfect place to do a super illicit weapon deal, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And also to hide your fifth and sixth, seventh boats. <laughs> 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 so Major is kind of just standing in the back. And the music is like really going wild here with a lot of shaky cam. And just, you know, everything is very unsettled, which is not how these briefings usually go. Uh, she pipes in and says that the local street thugs probably know something about it and that she's going to head to the city proper and like check with some contacts. Uh, Aramaki says that he's got faith in them, but that if they miss this chance to get Kuze and the refugees get their nukes, the military is going to step in and Dejima is going to become a war zone, which would not be the greatest. Yep. So... We cut back to Kuze and the refugees on their boat patrolling the area. Uh, the new guy, Saitama, is watching Kuze closely. Uh, back with the major, she's kind of like sitting on the ground and Bato offers her a cyber food lunchbox, tells her to eat, and is like, yeah, you're like really fucked up right now. Are you, are you okay? Major kind of picks at the food and has the same reaction that Togusa did like five or six episodes ago to it. <laughs> It, it's the same shitty fake bread uh, protein sandwiches. Yeah, she like says yeah. that she's going to have to call the chef company and complain or something like that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm going to need to tell Aramaki that the food we get is trash. Terrible. <laughs> tastes like shit. Fake cyborg food. Absolutely abysmal. So like Ishikawa asks if like, do you want to do a brain scan? She's like, no, I'm fine. It's just delusions threw me for a loop. Yeah. So Bato asks, like, what did she see? Because this is pretty weird. And he's like, and she says, it's something akin to world domination. And Shikawa says, like, yeah, but aren't they all like that? That doesn't sound that weird. <laughs> They're all narcissistic, crazy people. Bato then says, like, you're acting like a moody teenager who's just met the man of her fantasies. Which is, like... Bacha reads a lot of young adult books. Yeah, we the viewer know that that's actually true, but, like, weird pull. It's a weird thing to say when she's acting, like, so depressed and someone just died. Like, she made a mistake and a rookie died. You would think when she was acting (laughs) depressed, you would be like, That would be the obvious reason. you look like somebody died. (laughs) Not like possibly your fault in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so then we get the Major... Oh, this, this whole thing is basically delivered in monologue. Major talks about how Kuze was an, indi- was an individual Eleven, but his current I- actions are motivated by his original ideology. That his delusion is absurd, but he truly believes he can bring about world peace as a benevolent dictator. Also, that his adrenaline levels were high enough to kill a normal person. <laughs> yes, his adrenaline is so throws high. It spl- in there, like God damn, he is pumping at all times. I love this. And I love that canonically, 
the villain of season two is just Jason Statham from Crank. He's got to stay cranked at all times. That's why he's got to like lick some plutonium or whatever. <laughs> Did you make an offhand like or comment later on that like one of the reasons that all these people are like docked into his cyber brain is because they're getting like a contact high yes, off of him. Yes, basically. Like everyone so is logged into watching his, his IRL Twitch stream as he makes deals for plutonium. <laughs> So then she talks about how he's reaching sacred level and becoming extraordinary and that he's just like Che Guevara, Malcolm X, and Cassius Clay. And Bato's like, you mean like Hitler? And Major's like, sort of, <laughs> but closer to Martin Luther King or Gandhi. And I'm just sitting Wait, here like, oh I'm my dying God. here. <laughs> yes, Kuze is Jesus Christ, come again. And this is so unearned. It's A little really like funny. Hitler, but more like Jesus. You know, we're close. like pretty close, pretty close to both. What do you? What the fuck are you talking column about, a, Major? <laughs> but it really is like the disconnect between what the show says he's like and what he's actually like. We've actually seen of him is wild. It's. It's kind of wacky. Like, they have not earned this. No. No. I mean, um, the Che thing, I can kind of get based on his actions. I can see, the, like, the Che just in the sense yeah. of, like, you know, he is bootstrapping the rebels in. But, Starting like, up yeah. guerrilla revolutionaries. Yeah, Like, exactly. they just start throwing names out there. Gandhi. He's um, Gandhi. So they yeah. basically, this is where they come in and say that, like, the people linked to his brain are getting a Remember that time Gandhi made them. a nuclear arms deal? I did Wasn't play that Civilization wild? 1. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Yes, he's the Civ version of Gandhi. <laughs> Our words are backed with nuclear weapons. <laughs> so they, the, everyone who's linked up to him doesn't actually like synchronize with him and influence. They're getting influenced by him, but they don't influence him back because the his ghost line is a kill zone, which the even the major super hacker beautiful lady could barely stand. So like. That's why his revolution remains pure to his heart or whatever is kind of what they say here. To this, Bato just gets up and walks away going, what a downer. <laughs> and steals one of the sandwiches. Yeah, he snicks one of the sandwiches. At which point we get a view of the major holding like a half-folded paper crane. So like, hmm, what could this be about? Who could it be? Uh... The, at this point, they make it to Edafuru, uh, Major asks Ishikawa, Paz, and Boma to remain on standby and jumps out of the plane in camo over a roof before flying out. Uh, we cut to Major and Togusa on the streets, and this is where we get that flyby of all the cool Russian cyberpunk shit. Um, yeah, this, uh, this, I don't know, cityscape, um, it's taken from the manga. There was a whole section of the manga mm. with the cityscape. It's like very brutalist Russian style architecture. And the, everybody in it is just like different looking than the Japanese people. They're all way more net runner yeah. stuff. And, and it should be so. noted that like in real life, the island did not go back until like the early 90s, I think. So like in yeah. the reality of this, like as cyberization was starting, this was still essentially a Russian territory that was then repatriated by Japanese people. And there's, you know, it's yeah, a mix of people. some mean street stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. um, Bato and Saito are with two of the babies at the construction site. Saito reckons Kuze is down there if they're lucky. Um, and Bato's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just head in and look. If not, we'll just have some nice chat with all these construction personnel. 
with they can, they they're kind of like we can't really rely on the on to wait for the majors info. Let's just go in. Uh, back with Kuze and the crew. Saitama's mad that Kuze was a member of the individual eleven. Kind of like pops up on him as he's sitting in the uh, captain's quarters and pulls open his coat to show that he's got bombs strapped to himself. Uh, and he's just like, give me a fucking reason to follow you. I'm, I'm really looking for one as he flicks the detonator, on, the, the safety off of the detonator on it. Yeah, and like, he kind of thinks that Kuze's an imposter mainly because he was working for a group that was dematri- like opposed to everything that the revolution, the uh, Refugees stood for. Well, and, and specifically murdered his hero, the cyber rapper. Yeah. So, like, it, it does make sense that he's like that. Uh, Kuze then says that suicide bombings are just self-gratification and that real revolution comes from people's ghosts. And also office spaces. Uh, <laughs> so the, the guy's it, like, it's just... money you need. <laughs> yes. Just give me a reason to believe in you. And Kuze finally reveals that he's buying plutonium to turn, to make Dejima into an independent nuclear power. And the dude finally puts down his detonator at this point. So Kuze's even winning this guy over. Uh, back on the streets, Major and Togusa come across a... St- Wait, but how? Wait, but how? He didn't link up to his cyber brain. No, they're what? just talking, dude. How can they're- you win someone? Imagine the power of human speech, him? bro. Maybe, maybe this strange. guy just wants to die in a bigger explosion than the <laughs> one he has. Well, to uh. be fair. <laughs> anyway. Uh, back out on the streets, Major and Togusa come across a street drug who's like shaking someone down for money. Uh, he's voiced by Cyborg007, so I instantly like him. <laughs> Major, uh, like he like looks over at her and is like, oh, Major, good friend. She wants to, and so clearly she's friendly with him in this area. She wants to meet Crolden, and he takes them to another building. Uh, there's a whole bunch of like security cameras to let them in, and the thugs just like, oh, you know that guy. He's just so into his security, checking for everyone. And Major's like, I'm gonna have to go it alone from here. Um, and the street thugs like, like Togusa gets left behind too, and the guy's just like, man, that little lady must be tough to work for, right? And Togusa's like clearly uncomfortable being with this weirdo. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. He's with this thug guy. The guy's like, so how about those Mets? He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, like follow baseball. <laughs> that Major, huh? Real ball buster, that one. <laughs> so Major kind of like goes in all super stealth style and she walks in on uh, a couple of sex bots lying across a, like in a bed and across a bunch of screens and a fairly overweight man whose brain has now been fried rip crawled you know that have you ever seen the like pictures of like that goon like living room that's underneath a basement that's unfinished with like moldy shit and computer parts it's this room but with two sex bots in it with two sex bots (laughs) yes this is like prime r male living space shit (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um and so his cyber brain's been fried she wonders how that happened and like kind of plugs into his thing as we, we get a quick shot as she's about to hit the kill field and she like pulls out just before that happens. She does it again. She's like, hey, this guy got his brain fried looking at something. I wonder what that was. Let me get a look-see. Fucking jams herself right in again. Major, come on, please, please learn that the fire is hot. 
Well, she well, had would be so so insufferable to play D and D with. Yeah. Yes. Like she would have to re-roll characters every session. Absolutely. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Like oh that yeah this this is a dragon that will kill you instantly. I'm showing it to you now, so you know what you're fighting. Like I fight it now. No, but you <laughs> no, can't. <we're> <laughs> but- All right. Well, you're fucking dead then. <laughs> oh. Can I do three backflips? <laughs> you got to roll an agility save there. <laughs> So we we get like a shot of one of Goda's fat men kind of like wiggling in his cyber bed. So it's clear who actually fried this guy. Um, Major starts talking to herself about how whoever did this to Crolden, who is probably the fastest like named character introduction to corpse that we've had so far. <laughs> um, yeah. That whoever did this to this guy must have been very skilled. She pulls out one of his shelves and finds some floppy disks. This saying, guy has like an entire server rack for backups, but it's just like arrays of floppy disks. So like he has maybe like half a gigabyte, like just spare backup on the server. And she's like, <laughs> oh, damn, that's really smart. That's probably why the the super hacker hasn't left yet, because he doesn't know how to delete a floppy disk. <laughs> he doesn't have the serial drivers he needs. So while she finds, she she manages to find a bunch of secret ledgers um, that she decodes in place, and it's basically the dec- the plutonium deal uh, that Crolden was looking into. The Russians are selling the plutonium to the refugees for a whole lot of money, and like it's weird that the refugees have like two point four million yen just lying around. That's that's really strange. How did they get that exactly? <laughs> I also really like, for the record, that instead of calling it yellow cake like plutonium, they're just repeatedly referring to it as lemon cake. Lemon cake and plutonium. That, I don't know it's why delicious. that's so funny to me. Just <laughs> lemon cake. Yum. <laughs> that's the Craigslist ad. It's just lemon cake in quotes for sale. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how a plutonium deal on Craigslist would go, though. <laughs> Have a lot of lemon cake. Do not contact the seller with other offers. <laughs> you would turn up wanting some delicious lemon cake and you would get uranium. Cash only for being in front of the Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she finds one of Crolden's old IDs and laments that if he hadn't quit his job at the CIS, maybe it wouldn't be so awful, which is like, this guy must have been in the manga because this is a lot of characterization to give to a corpse. Um... She rushes out, tells Ishikawa, like, what's going down. They We've been told the plot a bunch of times, but now Section 9 finally knows what it is. Knows what it's it is. submarine yeah. base. Uh, and that the CIS is probably the ones pulling the strings on it. Uh, she asks where Bato and Saito are. Ishikawa's like, they've gone underground and their comms are cut off, so we can't tell them what's going on. Uh, back with Kuzay and the gang, he explains... Kuzay explains... Uh, that he got his money, and here we go, by siphoning off the fractional amounts of money in every person's in Japan's bank account that no one even knows are there, because even terminals only give you two decimal places in your bank account dollars. And he, re- he wrote a program to siphon off every bank account in Japan's fractional currency <laughs> to make billions of dollars as a war chest for the rebellion. And no one noticed because computers run all the banks these days. Yeah, he pulled the That's office the plot. space. Turns out the refugees have billions of yen now because Kuze did an office space. 
This is yep. kind of a pull. I, I feel that they could have set this up better if they had like alluded to this earlier in the yes. season. But like, I feel that they also needed to step up the stakes with the nuke thing. Yes, and they it just comes didn't write it well. so out of nowhere. And yeah. like, again, this is one of the easiest things for a computer to pick out. Like, this would be noticed. They're trying to make a point here of like people have automated everything away, and no one's actually at the helm to check any of these systems. But like. A computer could find this. People write computer programs to find this. <laughs> we, do, we do all of our financial transactions in floating points, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like... We call that the angel's cut. <laughs> I, I do like how impressed... Yeah, the kid loves is. it. He's like, you're rich. Excellent. I love rich people. I'm into that now. Uh, I mean, I'll, this... I'll follow you anywhere, sir. <laughs> This kid has never seen Superman 3 or Hackers or Office Space, so he doesn't know that this has been done before. <laughs> Little known hit in Japan, yes. Yeah. Um, cut to Saito and Boma, who are down in the site. They come across a Sagawa foreman who's like, ah, you're the second set of extra military police to come in here today. <laughs> and he mentions that two company arm suits and a Russian cyborg were here earlier. And, like, apparently that didn't trip any flags. <laughs> Well, he, this he's guy just, has just no there idea. to note it. He's not security. True, he's, he's just, just like, the foreman. He's just there to say hi. Yeah, that isn't his problem. Yep. <laughs> so they follow in that direction, and Bato's like, what the hell is the JSDF doing here? Uh, Kuze and the gang meet up with the Russian cyborg from the bathroom camera, uh, who has two briefcases with him for the exchange. So I, I think you can tell what's about to happen. Hmm. Uh, they uh, Kuze asks why he's alone and he says the others are being tailed so I had to come I, it would be really suspicious if I came here if they came here with me uh, Kuze throws him a ledger with the money and says that he should verify it but just as they're about to do you know the making sure the deal is actually for real they get interrupted by the arm suit attacking uh the rest of Section 9 takes the tilt rotor to the submarine base. Major and, and uh, Baby jump down into the work site. Uh, we get a sweet fight scene with Kuze and the gang fighting the arm suits. The Russian cyborg runs off and, like, as they're pinned down by fire, he goes, I guess we have a deal since neither of us can verify the goods, which is not even slightly suspicious. <laughs> I'm just going to give away my plutonium without checking for what you've given me. You know, I'm cool with that. Right? Like, well, it seems yeah. we're in a firefight, so I guess I'm going to leave my plutonium here. <laughs> yeah, this was, I think, roughly where I saw the case and was just like, oh, my God, they're going to do it again. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Goda loves this trick. He just, he wanted to do it twice. A trick so ni nice, he did it twice. <laughs> it worked both times, it's I guess. true, yes. Classic for a reason. So uh, the arm suits have Kuze pinned down until Bato and Saito show up and blast the uh, things with a tank shell, which is an interesting yeah, decision to make. Yeah, Tachikoma fires one with a uh, with a tank shell. Uh, Bato attempts to arrest Kuze when the other arm suit runs, like kind of rolls up and smashes his Tachikoma. Uh, both the Russian and the Kuze escape down different tunnels during the chaos. Bato sends Saito after the Russian, and Bato rolls out of his tank and leaves it to fight the arm suit while he chases after Kuze. Bato catches up to Kuze and his flunkies in the tunnel, and he is, like, really, really pissed at this point. Like, 
Kuze's like given the the calm and rational like what you're you, you really think you could stop me you should have shot me already dude and Bato's like fuck that I just want to fight you dude I'm about to debate you in the marketplace of ideas <laughs> and fists he's like you're not shooting because you don't want to shoot the plutonium and Bato's like no it's because I want to punch you yes basically <laughs> so Kuze like drops the cases and tells the flunkies to like take them to the ship with him. And Bato stares him down with the gun pointed at him, and that's how the episode ends. Woo. Woohoo. And, uh, well, that's actually how episode 21 starts. Rolling straight into it. <laughs> so episode 21, section 9's very bad, no good day. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we're back with Bato and Kuze, uh, their confrontation on the bridge. Bato's like, hey, you seem super confident in your PKF body, you idiot. I'm quite confident in my speed, you know. (laughs) He is, though, because he breaks the fucking 121-foot rule. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sure does. Kuzi's actually like, no, my body's like, uh, um, out of its sell-by date. Uh, It doesn't give me an edge anymore. Bato's like, seriously, man, because he's like, wow, you... You're saying that because you think you're so good you're going to beat me even in a crappy body? Wow, what a shithead. It's not that cool if they beat it's you, dude. Cool. It's, it's low, my body's low tier. So yes, Basu <laughs> shoots at him, but Kuze, you know, just runs straight up to him, dodging the bullets and knocks the gun clean out of Basu's hands. Not even just dodging the bullets, but like blocking some of them with his hands. Ah, his yeah. TKF hands. Yeah, he's Ridiculous. able to close like fucking 100 feet within a second and they knife fight. It's- yep, we get a sweet knife fight. They CQC. Knife fight. Well, they get a knife fight for <coughs> about uh, 15 seconds and then they both end up losing the knives. So they just go into CQC and Bato starts like punching him in the face, being like, You've turned off your pain receptor, so I'm going to have to give you a concussion. Which, thanks for the tip, Bato. Thanks, Bato. Uh, yeah, Bato is like strictly into the boxing fuck yes. for martial arts. Rakuze just goes straight into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like fucking heel hooks this guy and breaks his leg. Yeah, yep. Bato like tries to kick him in the head and Kuze grabs his leg and fucking pins him and then starts just crushing the shit out of Bato's yeah. leg. Missing it as how yeah, far you can hook. do with your Tony Hawk tricks. You can totally destroy yeah, someone's this- knee and ankle with that. This is something that if you get put in, you tap out immediately yes. because yeah, your <laughs> your opponent has the, they have a wide array of ways to make you never walk again. So yep. you tap at this. This point. is illegal for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people that are under purple belt. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> destroys Basso's leg. Like Basso ends up like reaching up and grabbing a metal pipe and like tries to hit Kuze away with it, but Kuze just kind of grabs it from him and fucking impales him uh, into the ground through his shoulder, just slams it right down in, and Bato's done. He lost. It, it, it's funny because like Bato like brings this pipe down on Kuze's left shoulder and like the pipe bends around his shoulder, but Kuze just like no sells it. Yeah. And steals it from him. <laughs> just Just takes it. Uh, we see that the uh, Saitama has been watching this whole fight. He's like really far away and nobody sees him. But he is now out of the boat. But he's basically. out of the boat and he's in this area. Um, so Kuzi's like, you fought well, but you lost to a minor difference in motivation. Got him, GG. And then he tells Bato not to follow him while he's <laughs> impaled on the ground and can't move, which I feel like is a power move. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't follow me to the guy who cannot follow him. <laughs> uh, so we cut over to Saito uh, and the baby. They followed the Russian into a completely different area of the base. 
Um, they start looking around and they find a briefcase that's been left on the ground. The, I guess the one with the money in it. And when Saito's investigating this, the Russian cyborg jumps out and attacks him. Uh, Saito then shoots him and he falls down to the ground, but then he gets back up in this really like disjointed way where like his limbs aren't. The, the cinematic tell of zombie motion. Yes. Yeah, like he's getting up vampire style, like yeah. back like flat a, on like his back puppet, straight up. A puppet with strings being pulled up. It's like a series of mechanical motions yep. that mm-hmm. would not be how anyone would do People it. People don't do that. So he gets up and he attacks <laughs> Saito again. And uh, Saito, like, he doesn't have his hat on. He like, he's shot off his hat. And we can see that his head is completely, like, destroyed. His brain is fried. And Saito's like, shit, that's a remote-controlled corpse. Oops. Oops. Uh, so they end up grappling on the ground. And the baby shoots the Russian from on top of Saito. And Saito is pissed. He's like, hey... You could have shot me. But the baby's like, no, no, no. I have this brand new firing software. In fact, I can shoot better than you, Saito. <laughs> Saito's under a corpse just going like, ah. He's very annoyed. <laughs> very yeah. annoyed. It's very funny because we don't see Saito emote too much, but he's kind of pissed off. Yeah. So <laughs> How dare this baby say she's better than me. Um, so yeah, obviously this was a remote controlled corpse they wonder how long has he been dead he's even starting to smell so he must have been dead for a bit and if he is remote controlled how on earth did they get a signal underground because we know that like Bato and Saito couldn't call out because they had no signal mm-hmm. um, the baby's like hey maybe it was that and he points up and we see like this uh, Sagawa Wi-Fi hotspot just flashing very obviously uh, we go back to the room where the deal was held, and then- what the fuck is Wi-Fi? The major looks up. Does that stand for wireless, fireless? What does that mean? <laughs> no, denied. Mm. But anyway, the the major and the third baby come across uh, Bafta's baby still fighting the armed suit, and they, you know, the baby throws a missile and blows it up. I find it funny that Major of the Siege is like, are they both unarmed? Because, like, both of these suits are kind of just flailing at each other. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so the Major's like, yeah, they're unmanned. She asks the baby where Bato is. And uh, BB tells her that Bato went after Kuzin. And Saito went after the Russian. So the Major and the babies go down the tunnel towards Bato, uh, where they find him still impaled. On the ground because I'm of, chilling. Because of course he did not in fact follow Kusi because he is stuck. <laughs> so he's like, ah fuck, I screwed up and let Kuzu uh, Kuzu get away, and it's like I don't think you let him, Bato. The the actual <laughs> title of this episode is embarrassment, by the way. Yes, it is embarrassment. <laughs> Just for the record, absolutely. He's trying Bato, to save face. Bato is embarrassed right now. So the major removes the spike and oh yeah, Kuzi likes slam this thing she, in the she ground. She pulls it a good two feet out of him. It's it's wild how much spike like Kuze slammed through Bato here. It wasn't just through Bato, it was through like concrete. Yeah, He's like laying on concrete. Heck yeah. in concrete. There was no way Bato was moving, which why again I feel like super power play to be like, don't follow me <laughs> after he did that. <laughs> Um, so Bato's like, no, 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 don't worry about me, don't worry about me, go after Kuze. And so Major's like, okay, you stay put, Boma and the others will be here soon, and she runs to go after Kuze. Um, cut to Kuze, he's reached his ship, and he's like, gotta go, they're on our, they're on our tails. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta run. And the two flunkies mention that the new kid's gone somewhere, I wonder where he went. Who knows? 
Uh, so as they're getting ready to go, they start getting shot at, so they run into the ship and pull the anchor. Uh, the major and the baby start shooting at the ship, the refugees return fire. Uh, one of them gets out a fucking rocket launcher and uh, shoots at one of the babies and it gets pulled over by it. <laughs> Just fucking turtle on its back. I know, it's so It's very cute. funny. It's got like its hands up like it's a crab or something. <laughs> it's got like the spinny eyes as well. <laughs> Uh, so the major starts running after the ship while the other baby um, does covering fire, but the ship is too far, it's going too fast, and it, it gets away. Uh, while she and Kuzi kind of look at each other. Have a meaningful glance. Have a moment. So she calls the others, says Kuzi's heading for Nagasaki, let's go after him in the tilt rotor. I mean, it's only like a four-day fucking ship ride. I think we can catch up to them with our fucking airplane helicopter. Yeah, so. I would think. Yeah. So they end up back in a rebato. They like, hey, let's little bato up into a baby tank. You know, he's, his leg is fucked. It's just, yeah, they show walking. a close up of his his like right foot like is 180 degrees the direction it should be. Yep. So it's destroyed. Then Saito uh, joins them. Says, you know, reveals that the Russian was dead. He's remote controlled, and it must have been before the authorities put a tail on the Russians because he's been dead for he, a while. He's starting to smell, is what Saito says. <laughs> he just says that um, Jabrok and Kai. Kagazaki, the other Russian guys have already left, but we we know they weren't there in the first place, but they don't know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also learned that the armed suit pilots were remote corpses, likely normal employees that were killed earlier, and these armed suits hadn't actually been delivered to the army yet. They must have been, like, diverted en route. And so everyone is get, starting to get a pretty clear picture of what's happened here. Yeah, yeah this was obviously set up by the CIS. Yes. Yep. Uh, so they think that this might at least be a lead to Kuze and his money trail. So everyone, you know, gets to move out, goes back to the heliplane, and we see a shot of uh, Saitama watching them go away. And it's like, hmm, that's fine, I'm sure. Yep, I hope he left his jacket back. at home. <laughs> yeah, be a shame. Uh, with Kuze on the escape ship, he tells the flunkies that they're going to have company soon. Um, we should, like, wait for the diversion ships, and then we'll slip through the Coast Guard's net. Um, he's like, go set up uh, an anti-air cannon for whatever they decide to come after us. And it should be noted, there's only two guys left out of the, like, eight or nine that were here first. So they got most of them, but not the plutonium. Yes. It it feels weird, because, like, a ship of their size is going to need at least a couple people to man it. You would think. No, Kuzi can do it all himself, as we'll see. He's that cool. He's He's pretty cool. He's he's Cool enough to be a ship captain. (laughs) I think Jesus Christ can pilot a ship all by himself. It's true. Um, So, Section 9 are all back at the heliplane now. Um, Ishikawa and Togusa are on it, but Ishikawa opens up, and Togusa, like, jumps out and uh, goes to them, because he's super worried about Bato, because Bato is clearly super fucked up. For all his, I'm fine. My leg, my leg is fine. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. It's just a scratch. I mean, despite having a broken ankle and being impaled, he is still like 95% cyborg, so yeah. it's not mm-hmm. really a big deal. So and then she's like, okay, we're all going to get on the tilt rotor and chase Kuze, but suddenly Saitama runs out, jumps out of the heliplane, and he suicide bombs it to Kingdom Come. Uh, luckily, Ishikawa, like jumped off but he was hit hard by the blast he was 50 percent jumping 50 percent explosion yeah. yeah there was some <laughs> propulsion going on there that wasn't just gravity yes. yeah it, it's immediately obvious he's super fucked up because there's like yes. blood under him when he lands on the ground yes he's on the ground his head's bleeding everyone else is fine except bato because of course he's still fucked up 
Uh, and they all look at the falling, burning wreckage of their aircraft going, well, shit. Yeah, that's why they're not going to give chase. Yeah, that happens. Or one ride. <laughs> hmm. Now they're stuck all the way up in uh, Ifiru or whatever it is. The Uber is going to take forever to get Oh, this is going to be a pretty big Uber. Great. <laughs> going to have to call gonna... the chief, get him to get another helicraft here. <laughs> gotta get the Uber so X bad. because there's like seven of them and plus the Tachikomas, so mm-hmm, you gotta mm-hmm. strap them to the roof. Oh yeah, you gotta buy like They can drive themselves, it's fine. Uh so back with Kuze all alone, he uh goes to the two briefcases, he opens one up to have a look at the plutonium, and he's like, okay, that's a plutonium right there. That's plutonium. But when he closes it, like he feels the weight and there's a rattle and he realizes that something is wrong. And so he picks he actually takes the container out. And it weighs nothing. He realizes it's completely empty. He, like, opens up the the inside of the case and finds that there's lead weights taped to the inside. There's no plutonium. It's a spicy fake plutonium. Spicy fake plutonium, (laughs) yes. Go to do it again, that wily fox. I'm going to leave the worst Amazon review for this person. I can't believe this. He he shipped me a bag of rocks that called me a bitch in Spanish. I can't believe this. <laughs> he shipped you a picture this of This isn't a Wi-Fi router at all. <laughs> so he goes outside on the deck. The henchmen are a bit confused that nobody came after them. But Kuzi's like, ah, he and the new kid must have stopped them. Uh, they wonder if the authorities knew about the deal. But, you know, hey, at least we have the plutonium. And Kuzi's like... Yeah, we do. Yeah, definitely have the plutonium. We have the plutonium. It's funny, this scene is like, uh, do you think the authorities knew about this deal? These two men say as a cop, like, stop them in the middle of a tunnel, asking them to, like, you know, give over the plutonium. Right. It's super obvious that the cops obviously knew about this. (laughs) This was a pretty botched deal overall. But But yeah, Kuze is just like, he, he just starts rolling with it as they say that they have the plutonium. I mean, I guess if you never intended to use the nukes in the first place... It's the like, idea of nukes, yes. It, it also being fake doesn't really matter, I guess, as long as you can well, trick it, people into thinking he has it, them. It does in a way. Like, he, when he made the deal, did not know that the CIS yes, was yes. setting them up. He thought he was getting nukes. He thought he was going to have revolutionary potential. Now he knows that the CIS set him up and that they know that he does not have nukes. Will he still go through with the whole Declaration of Independence? It's definitely That's an interesting those. question is what he's going to do. Because yes, he's, he's definitely realized he's fucked, which is very funny. Yeah. And he also knows that he has like 2 million subscribers on his Twitch feed right now. And if he says he doesn't have nukes, then he's not going to hit his revenue goals for this you know, quarter. So. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. will lose subscriber if you post that kind of cringe. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Kuzi is then like, okay, we can't afford to be optimistic. We still have to bring the plutonium into Dejimang. We haven't crossed the finish line yet, guys. So he's like, okay, plan you two go away. And don't look at the cases. <laughs> don't look inside the case. I'm going to go out alone. And so they they start protesting. They're like, hey, you can't do this without us. And we should really go by land. The Coast Guard's patrolling. They'll find you. But Kuzi eventually gets his way, as he always does. Because, again, uh, Jesus Christ. Superstar. Oh, yeah, are you going to tell Martin Luther King no? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, back with section nine. Yeah, the, a new aircraft appears. To they got the backup up. model. Uh, the they, major, they call it a rental. <laughs> the major calls the chief up, who is at headquarters. Uh, says medical treatment for Shikawa and Bato is top priority. 
So we should, you know, call the Coast Guard and have them deal with Kuzange. They're clearly not very happy with having to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, like, you know, something's up. I'm going to go to Sagawa Corp with Paz and Boma. She's like, well, last line of defense is the Coast Guard. And Major's like, yeah, they've got, they're doing the, the spicy Dumbo Camel ships again. Like, 20 ships now. Yeah. Every time you look at them, there will be more. 20 ship montades. Just goes, just goes up and up and up. Um, but it'll probably take him a few days to get there, so you know at least we have time to mobilize. Uh, now at the Sagawa headquarters, the babies hack uh, the security cameras and the security audit, so Section 9 get into the building with no problems, even with the guards watching. Get a lovely moment of the babies' avatars across the camera screens. As the boss yeah. yells at the newbie. <laughs> yeah, the intern is like, are we supposed to have these guys from the photography corp here today? And the security guy's like, yeah, they've been working for us for 40 years, not even looking at the monitor where the Tachikomas are fucking shit around. So. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> uh, so a major sends uh, Bowman past the records room, and she's like, okay, this is all the CIS is doing. They didn't give Kuzey nukes. Like, there, there's no Yeah, she way. has already figured out. There is no way that, that Goda would actually give Kuzey plutonium. Like, they didn't give chance. us nukes when we were supposed to do it, so of course they're not giving the terrorists Exactly. Yeah. The major's like, he did it to us, he did it to them. So, because Kuzey didn't have the knowledge that Section yes. 9 yeah. <laughs> got the spicy nukes. Um, so, she's like, okay, but we, we need proof. You know, Goda clearly wants the refugees to look like they've got nuclear, and he's creating a reason for the army to get involved to, you know, create that militarized, like, environment that he wants. Yeah, Goda's final endgame is for the army to get involved so the U.S.-Japan uh, deal thing falls through, which is the whole idea here. Yeah. Wants to do a little fascism. Just a touch. Yeah, yeah, just, just a touch. Just a little As a treat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Democratic governments can have a little fascism. <laughs> uh, so the major heads to the president's room, uh, finds a dead woman's body, and then the president and his underlings dead at and under his terminal. And also, the data has been wiped. There, there are no leads here. Everyone's dead. No evidence. Oh, well. Yeah, most importantly, it was the president of the Sagawa Corps plus those two people they were looking for that were in connection yeah, so with the, the, the people who are supposed to give the plutonium. The plutonium drug yes. deal. Now that I think about it, I have no idea who the naked dead woman was in there. She they, said something about like him being in a different body, a bit like I guess the guy with the guy shoes. Yeah, in the first episode. Oh yeah, I guess maybe it is that. Like he was body swapping. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it was, the major's like, oh, he tried to run away in that other body, but still got shot to death. Body swapping on company time is not allowed. <laughs> I guess it is if you're the president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so Pass and Boma also find nothing. So like, well, we know it was the CIS, but. No proof. So, you know, record the crime scene, head back to headquarters. Uh, now We're now at least a few days later back in the chief's office, because Bato has a new arm and leg, and they are twitching. And Togus is extremely concerned about his best friend, and Bato's like, this is fine, I've only had them for three days, this is normal. Clearly, like, trying to, like, play off the complete beating that Kuze gave him. Yeah. I love how worried Togus is about it's him. It's very good. He's like, my best friend's been hurt. No. Uh, Ishikawa is also fine, but he's out of commission for at least a month. It was like a double concussion that he got. 
Yeah, they said he had no brain damage, but like Ishikawa is like Tokusa in that he's mostly human, so he has to actually be in a hospital for the rest of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the chief comes in and just sums up Gives how, the we suck speech. how very badly <laughs> they lost. One dead, two badly injured, lost the heliplane. Lost Kuze, lost the not plutonium, but you know the Newtonium. The, the the probably not plutonium. Have zero proof that the CIS are behind it. All in all, we fucked up, kids. Come on. Go do better. Um so Bato asks about Kuze's ship, but he hasn't been caught in the Coast Guard net yet. But the refugees aren't doing anything, the government isn't doing anything, so nobody's actually mobilizing the army yet. It's just a standoff right now. Yeah, so there's some worries over the Chinese government, how they're going to react, and some more politics stuff, like why aren't the politicians reacting? It's like, well, they're Nobody probably, wants to do anything. They're probably, they just want the situation yes. to go away, so they're ignoring it. And they're probably others are probably just waiting for Kuzi to get the plutonium, in big air quotes, uh, into Dejima before they can actually have a pretext to like you know send the army in. Um, so apparently, also the news of the plutonium deal has spread online, and people are extremely unhappy that the Russian mafia gave the refugees uh, nuclear material. Oops. Oops. Uh, and they wonder what on earth the refugees in Kuzi are going to do next, especially because he doesn't actually know he doesn't actually have a nuke. Uh, and then the major starts throwing some shade. She's like, Kuze got through this with charisma rather than an ability to accurately evaluate a situation. <laughs> Wait, which, fair enough. Some dude contacted him on Craigslist about some plutonium and he was like, yeah, you can have some of my billions of dollars. It's funny that she says this after having fucked up the previous operation pretty badly. Yes. <laughs> But uh, she's like, okay, Goda has clearly has the upper hand in terms of strategy, and Kuze is still playing by Goda's script. Uh, but he isn't actually under Goda's direct control, and therefore what he does now is still a factor that might turn the tables on Goda. You know, he has yeah. free will, he has the information that he doesn't... They don't know he knows that, but he does have the information he doesn't have, the plutonium, and so he might start going off script. Yeah. Yeah, Goda wants everybody to think that he has plutonium, but Goda knows that he doesn't. So he was wondering what Kuze is actually going to do with the whole deal. Yep. Uh, an AI lady then interrupts him. The Coast Guard has found Kuze uh, near Nagasaki. Uh, they tap into a live feed, and the Coast Guard, including Steve Blum, uh, have, a f- <laughs> have a firefight with Kuze's ship, uh, eventually causing it to catch fire, with someone being like, Don't shoot the ship! You'll blow up the plutonium! You idiot. Uh, so once his ship is being you know, set on fire, they go in to arrest him, but then suddenly the city starts to power down in a blackout, circa episode 19. Glad we set that up. Mm-hmm. So in the darkness and the panic and confusion, Kuze is on a little boat with his briefcases and he manages to get away. He jet skis away, he just like that arms dealer. Yep. His little guy deluxe, his little <laughs> tiny boy boat, where he just sneaks away and is you can't you can't catch me. I'm a little guy. I'm too small. I'll slip right through the dragnet. But he also <laughs> the Coast Guard's never caught a little guy before. He also the Coast Guard's is like, so concerned about the lights going out that they don't even like they forget what they're doing. Yes. It's pretty fucked up that the entire city of Nagasaki just lost power. Yep. And so Kuze is also like you can like he's like, what? Yeah, he's also not in on this though. 
Um, so like section nine, you're like, what's this refugees? The chief's like, I don't think they're capable of doing something that big. And the episode ends with the major saying, what awaits us at the end of the cycle of hatred is a quagmire of a war with the refugees. Yay! Wow. So at least the end's in sight. Uh, we're obviously wrapping up towards a finale here. Oh, we are uh, rampant at this point. I'm amazed we've got five episodes left. Yeah. We're ramping up uh, what, super hard. As a prediction, I'm curious to see what you think is actually going to do. Because there's a couple of outlets he could go for here, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure he's going to break from go to script. Like, I'm you think not he's sure. going to say that he has a nuke? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just not sure that like Goda doesn't. I feel like Goda understands Kuze very well. I feel like it's more Section Nine's actions that might. Cause Goda to... I mean, eventually. So it's actually going to have to win at some point, right? Nah. They're, they're all going to be dead in <laughs> episode just, 26. This is just the show of them losing. <laughs> I feel like, again, the major hiding that she knows Kuze is definitely... going to come in. Yeah. So there's definitely going to be something where Section 9 does something that trips Goda I, up. I feel rather mm-hmm. than Kuze. Kuze's mm-hmm. too boring. The, the man is I, boring. I, I uh... I think we're either going to get, um, I hope we get Gota uh, completely fucking Kuze over more than anything. I really want Gota to get one last party time in. Yes. I think that would be super kick ass. Gota's party um, time. Five I turns hope... left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the only other prediction I'd have is like keeping on theme with standalone complexes and all that. Maybe like. Even though Kuze doesn't have the nuke, his word is bond to so many people at this point that it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a nuke. He's declared he has, and the people trust him more than they trust, you know. The news. Fox News, yeah. Dota. Or the government. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I feel like we're going to get something similar to what's already happened with Kuze with the individual 11 thing, where he's going to, like, kind of key in that he's being used once again. Um, he's actually going to break free I'm not sure when he's going to break script though like if he's going to announce the nuke or not that he has a nuke or not I I think he is going to announce he has a nuke but because like I said I don't don't think Kuzia is smart enough to uh, actually break script also honesty doesn't make for super great drama I find this is fair (laughs) yeah you can't Probably not to be like honest that, about on. the nukes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like that'd be pretty boring to just be like, "Oh yeah, I don't have nukes. Sorry for wasting your time, everyone." <laughs> Walks up to the podium. I am sorry. I was not able to get the plutonium from the Russians. I am going to resign from my cabinet post. <laughs> he bows deeply. You're introducing yourself to your high school class. <laughs> <laughs> and here is my replacement, Hero Yui. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> no, these are in good hands. There, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, uh, we're doing yeah, twenty-two, next week. three, and four next week. So, yep. And then we'll end on a uh, on a twofer. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, watch a really cool movie that you know we'll decide by then. Maybe. <laughs> Look forward to it someday. Uh, well, <laughs> till next time. Space anime. Space anime.